0: I'm Cheryl Gould and I'm so glad that you're here. Hi friend, welcome to the show today, and I am so glad that you're listening in, and I am excited for you to hear this episode. My guest today is Becky Kapitsky, and she is the author of three books, including her latest release, The Cranky Mom Fix, Get a Happier, More Peaceful Home by Slaying the Momster in All of Us. And this was such a great talk with Becky. She's so warm and real. And we talk all about the challenges of raising our tweens and teens. And they can say the darndest things and have such a gift, I'll call it a gift, of pushing our buttons and we end up reacting in ways that we walk away and they're like, "Oh." I wish I hadn't responded that way, or we end up reacting in a way that we end up getting in this power struggle and these arguments with our kids, and we wonder, why is this not working? Why aren't I getting through? Why isn't my kid talking to me? And this episode is really helpful because we talk about how we can respond in ways that are more effective and are going to build that connection that we really long for in our relationship with our kids. So we're gonna jump in, but first I just wanna make sure that you've signed up for the three-day free training that's starting next Tuesday. It's starting on March 1st. And the topic is around what so many of you have been asking, how to understand and help your tween or teen with challenging emotions, attitudes, and behaviors we know we've been going through a lot our kids are are really displaying the lack of motivation maybe disrespect friendship issues socially i mean you guys are in the thick of it with your kids and i really felt like this was timely to talk about and you're going to leave leave these 3 days with some things that are going to be really helpful in supporting your kids and also really good for you, because we need help as well. So sign up. It's moms of forward slash free training and then another forward slash. If that's hard for you to remember, just go to the moms of and teens.com website. And there's a dropdown where you can sign up or you can just scroll down the page and you'll see where you can sign up as well. So I would love for you to join me. So I have the privilege and honor of being with you and supporting you. So without further ado, let's jump in. Welcome Becky to the Moms of Tweens and Teens podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. Hi Cheryl. I'm happy to be here. This is going to be a fun conversation. I can already tell. It's going to be an awesome conversation. And I know moms, you're just going to love her. You're <laughs> going to feel so encouraged. Oh my gosh. Uh, just, yeah, you have written a book and we're all going to relate so much to this called The Cranky Mom Fix. <laughs> Get a happier, more peaceful home by slaying the monster in all of us. Oh, my gosh. You point. I love that momster. Did you come up with that term? I'm
1: pretty sure my kids came up with that for me. (laughs) Mom, the momster is here again. (laughs) I just don't know what you're talking about.
0: (laughs) I think that that is moms. I think that that is a great word we can use to bring humor. <laughs> into our parenting when we're messing up.
1: Yes. Right? It awesome. Because it's going to happen, right? On a regular basis there's going to be a mess up. That there's no perfect mother out there. And so on those moments when that evil version of us comes crawling out, that is the monster. And what do we do to chop her head off and tell her to leave the house? That's the question. <laughs> <I know. laughs>
0: that is what you're going to be helping us with today. That's right. Um, yeah. Well, let's dig in and I would love for you to share with our listeners, what does your momster look like or what did it look like and what led you to to write the book?
1: Mm. Maybe those Those, are the same. Those are largely the same. So what led me to write the book is realizing how my own journey, I at one point in my parenting really defaulted to the momster. She was not just an occasional visitor. She had planted herself in my home and she was taking up permanent residence. And so I realized that that just wasn't the state I wanted to be in for my own mental health and especially not for my kids. I didn't want them to look back and have a memory of their childhood clouded by this cranky woman who showed up in the house every day. And so I had just begun a journey of my own, really trying to seek how to, how to get myself out of that state, how to put some practical habits into my daily life so that I was kinder, and gentler. And through that, I started coaching some other moms in how to walk through the journey. And I created an online program. And from that online program came the book. So it was all an evolution that be- really began with my own root need to get out of this state of consistent crankiness because nobody was happy under that umbrella.
0: Yeah, when mom's not happy, mm-hmm. nobody's happy. You know, yeah. <laughs> it really is <laughs> brutal. true. I mean, we do set the tone yeah. for our home, and that's a little over that's a little overwhelming it is. as a mom. But it is really true. I mean, everybody when I'm all tense and stressed out yeah. and anxious, everybody is feeling it. Yes, even though I might not want them to, it just seeps out.
1: Yes. And so there's a responsibility there but there's also an opportunity there. Knowing that mom sets the tone, I have the ability to turn things around not just for myself but for everybody in my wake. So that's why I realized I I whether I like it or not, mama wields a lot of power in this house. And so I want to use it for good.
0: Yeah, isn't that awesome? Good. I love I love that like flipping the word um I don't know what the other one was, but an opportunity. Yes. Yeah. Rather than it being such a negative that this is an opportunity that we have to really make a difference in our homes and the way that we show up.
1: Yes. And not in a way that puts all the expectation on it. It's not meant to weigh us down as though, oh, it's another thing I could mess up in. Not at all. It's if, if we spin it and look at how I treat my family can define how this whole household runs. That's a good thing because that means I actually do have more control over how I'm acting and feeling in a day than I think I do. And so if I choose to go into a day with a positive attitude and it is a deliberate choice, that's the thing, the cranky mom fix, it's intentional. And that means I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim to the crankiness. It's not something that I just have to, I have to resign myself to. I have a choice. I can choose that crankiness or I can choose to put some uh, some parameters in place and some safeties in my life that help me to climb out of that attitude to choose instead to be kinder and more loving so that not only me, but the whole household can rise above it. And so it's not we are not defeated. We are not slaves to this attitude. We feel like we are. Yes, yes. We feel like we are. But we do have a choice. And we'll all feel better, ourselves, the kids, the spouses, if we make a choice to alter our attitude. And it's it's not easy. I'm not saying that having the choice means it's easy to make the choice, but it's worth it. It because is because it. we want to real- build a legacy,
0: right? Yeah, what it's is- the most important work we'll do. It yeah. is. Yeah. We're raising future generations. I mean, are. Yeah.
1: and I'm I mean, seeing that now. Yeah, not to make that heavy again, but we can do this. We we can. We've been called to do it. If you have a child in your arms, whether it's by birth or adoption, whatever way that child came into your household, you have been called to do a beautiful work of raising a child. That job was given to you on purpose for a purpose. And again, not to make it all uh, like it's a it's a a bigger the weight of the world is on your shoulders kind of a situation than it needs to be. But it is an opportunity. It's a gift and we can choose to look at family life as a gift or we can choose to look at it as a burden and our choice there really dictates how we treat everybody in the household and how we treat ourselves yeah so there yeah i'm just a, i've become a really big advocate for being aware of what makes me cranky so that I can turn it around so that the rest of the family can experience a legacy of joy in this household. Because now that I have teenagers, I have a almost 15 year old and a a tween. I have a 12 year old and I'm realizing now how quickly these years go. Yes, I know. Yes. So yeah. Tell us. So what have you done that has been helpful for you? Mm, Well, the first thing I recognized is who my real enemy was. It's not the kids. We like to think, we like to blame it on the kids, the way they're acting or how they are bickering with each other or how they're disobeying or rolling their eyes or whatever it is. And that's a trigger, but it's not the only one. Really, it starts with me. It starts with my own attitude, my own heart issues. So when I realized that my my enemy was my own heart, it wasn't the kid's. That's what empowered me to make the change. It was no longer about my skills in parenting. It was about how I treat myself and how I view myself and how I choose to snap myself out of bad attitudes. It's not even a parenting skill so much as just being aware of what's causing the crankiness in the first place. The kids usually are just the last straw. There's usually something underlying happening. And then when when the kids are misbehaving or something, it, it just tips me over the edge but there are other things that are going on underneath. So in my case I just started exploring my triggers, what causes me to be in a a state that is leaning toward crankiness. And in my case I'm if emotionally if I've just had for example an argument with my husband, well that's going to set me off and I'm just not going to be in a good headspace for anybody. Or if I'm really worried over something or or discouraged or disappointed over a situation, or if I'm really stressed about my work or deadlines, that's going to put me in a place where I'm more likely to respond poorly to my kids. Or a physical triggers, headaches are a big one for me. Fatigue is a big one for me. And if I just, I realized that sometimes there are just physical aspects of my daily life that cause me to be less kind in my responses. So I had to recognize what those things were and put some safeties in place, you know, make sure, okay, well, have I gotten enough to eat today? Have I, you know, gone to get a checkup over these consistent headaches? Am I taking care of myself Mm -hmm. so I can better take care of the people who are around me? And, And those triggers are across the board, going to be different for everybody, but there are some... Common threads, you know, it's going to be a f- something physical, something emotional, something environmental. Like when I'm feeling rushed, I'm oh, way more, yeah. mm-hmm. way more likely to mm-hmm. snap at my kids, and or to not take their own behavior with a grain of salt. If I'm rushed and they're dawdling. <laughs> That's the perfect yeah. storm right there. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. know. Well, and they are,
0: they are master dawdlers. Yes. <laughs> and yes, they are. I have moms, who are like, how do I get my kid up out of bed on time? I mean, just into school on time and they're dragging their feet or yes. they pit, one mom today was saying in the community, it's taking my kid hours to do like one worksheet, you know? And oh, no, it's such yeah. a pain. It's a pain
1: for in your heart. It's a pain for their hearts because they right? who wants to spend hours working on one worksheet. That's nothing anybody wants to go through. But if we also recognize what our kids are struggling with and address that address the underlying struggle, it's usually not. I feel like dawdling. It's usually there's an underlying struggle. Yeah, I'm
0: str- yeah absolutely. Especially we were talking before we jumped on here yeah. with everything that we've gone through over the last two years. Kids mm-hmm. are really struggling. Kids are in a and tough space. Yeah. So there's a lot. I love how you talk about that. There's a lot of questions that we need to ask ourselves or the word I like is being curious about why might that be? What might be going on? Yeah. What's going on inside of me? One of my triggers, I know, has been playing things into the future. Oh, so, that never goes well, does it? Yeah, no. <laughs> like if your kid's not doing their homework, playing it out like they're never going to be able to get a job, they're never, you know, gonna amount to anything. You know, whatever that means. But we can say those
1: things to ourselves, yes.
0: and it's such a lie.
1: It is a lie. What we forget is that sometimes those mistakes that our kids make are what shape their character the best. Absolutely. Or if we don't give them strengths in the first place, yes. if we don't give them space to develop the way they're supposed to, then we're just, you know, we're meddling in work that isn't really ours to be meddled. Yeah. So yeah, I hear you.
0: Yeah. Triggers can be a real mind, you know, a mind battle where yes. we're just in our minds thinking things that just aren't true. And I know you have talked about perfectionism mm-hmm. and you talked, to, can you tell the spelling bee story? Cause I thought that was
1: so, <laughs> that was so good. one that I'm like, oh, moms are going to really relate to that. Oh my goodness. One of my classic mom fails. I've had many, but so when my older daughter was in, I think it was fifth grade. So she was a tween and she had qualified for the school-wide GOB, the geography B. And of course I've, We were excited. She couldn't wait to compete. And the problem was she qualified in December and the uh, November or December. And the event was in January. And we had Christmas break over there, you know, in the middle. And so she had asked me to buy her the study guide. And we were going to go all out. And then we got busy with December activities. We had Christmas break. Here it is the first week of January. And my daughter says to me, Oh, mom, the G O B is tomorrow. I said, What? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's tomorrow? Have you even cracked open that book that you asked me to pay for? Have you studied for it? And she was just excited about the GOB. But instead, I went to, well, you you are my daughter. You will represent, right? You will yeah, yeah. get all the questions right. And you have studied thoroughly. And, and you will be on that podium And because you're capable. And you had all this time. And you wasted it. And I basically ripped her to shreds when all she wanted to tell me was, I'm really excited about the GOB. Now, the GOB, I think I believe, is for fifth through eighth graders. So, I realized after you know this was the morning before she was about to go to school. So, what kind of an attitude did I send her off to school with? Right, You've, yeah. you're a failure. You should have done a whole bunch of work that you chose not to do over Christmas break. Come on, what kind of a mother <laughs> makes her daughter study for the GOB over Christmas break? So, anyway. We got that evening and I said, all right, I'm going to turn this around. I said, I, you know, I'm I should not have come down so hard on you. We're going to make a game of this. We're going to make a game of it. We're going to get the GOB study guide and every question that you get right, you're going to get an M&M. And so, you know, of course, there are hundreds of questions. And so she had a feast of M&Ms that evening. But then I'm looking through this GOB book because it was our first year. My oldest daughter, we'd never been in you know, fifth grade until you qualify. So we'd never been in this spot before. And then I'm realizing how absolutely impossible it is to actually study for the, G- the National Geographic GOB. Nobody knows oh. all those answers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and so I just, you know, I just sent her off to school the next day with a kiss and a hug and I said, do your best. <laughs> and that little stinker she ended up on the podium i think what did she tie for third place i think with eighth graders so she was in wow. there as a fifth grader tied for second or third place and she had hardly studied and which reminded me this is not about perfection it's about enjoying the journey because honestly there were some questions it was pure luck which kids were in or out because you know i you could you could be asked you know what what ocean lines the coast of Florida, or you could be asked, you know, where does this random rare tree grow? (laughs) So kids are, you know, the kids who knew the Florida question are going to move on. The ones who happen to get the bad draw, the question did not move on. And so she's had fun with it. And we were so proud of her. She didn't need to do a boatload of studying to succeed just fine. So it was my idea that we are an academic family and we will succeed. My perfectionism I imposed it on her and I ruined a perfectly good opportunity to celebrate with her that she got to participate in the GOB in the first place. I mean, I think I redeemed it by the end, but still it was that whole idea of imposing my perfectionism on my kids and then realizing how ridiculous that was and how I really, I stole what could have been a good moment for us. But again, I redeemed it, I think, but how much better would it have been if I hadn't responded that way in the first place?
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's that you saw it too. It's like when we can see what we're doing and become conscious yeah. around what we're doing, then we can change it. But right. it's, you know, I just think about how easy it is as moms to make it about us and, yes. and how we kill the joy. Like what you were saying, like, yeah, and have been having fun I mean, it, I just am relating myself to like the heaviness that I put on my kids, you know, where it's like, it sucks the joy out of whatever they're doing or yes. a love of learning or enjoy having fun. It It's yes. because I care so much. It doesn't become yes. as fun, you know, not that we Don't need to parent and all those things. But I think it's like when we're over caring, when we're jumping over the fence all the time, Mm -hmm. that's, that's going to really squeeze that joy.
1: And does what standard are we setting for our kids? And it's okay to have high standards for our kids, but perfection should never be the standard because not a single one of us is perfect. That's why I, I am okay with making mistakes and turning around and apologizing to my kids and acknowledging I am not perfect. I made this mistake because it shows them by example that perfect is not the goal. Your mother is not perfect. I need something beyond myself because I can't be perfect in this world. And so that's not the goal for you either here, kiddos. And I've learned that the hard way over the years, but now since fifth grade, now my older daughter's in ninth grade, we just had a conversation about her report card she, her first semester of ninth grade, she has a 4.0 going. And I told her, please don't think that that's my expectation for you. I know you're capable of it right now. You're going to have some AP courses down the road. Think, You, know, you might end up having more extracurriculars that reduce your time for studying. Please don't think that our expectation for you is to get a 4.0. And we happened to be having this conversation when we were visiting my parents and my mother turned to me and said, hmm, who does that sound like? Because she, she said to my daughter, your mother used to kill herself to get perfect grades. It's not worth killing yourself over. And so my own attitude has shifted to the point where I realize how detrimental that was to me to chase perfectionism. And I see the propensity for it in my kids. I don't want them to go down that road. I want them to hold them to high standards because I know what they're capable of. But that high standard is never perfection.
0: Yeah. And there is a difference. Yes. And and so talk about what's the danger of the perfectionism mm. and the message that it sends our kids. Because you talk, you talk about that.
1: Yes. Well, the message it sends is that, first of all, it's all up to you. And you can control everything and every outcome in your life is up to you. And then when things go wrong, what do you do with that? not, not every negative experience we have is we're not to blame for everything negative that happens. So if we can take credit for everything positive that happens, that means we must also take credit for all the negative. And that's just, that's bad life theology. (laughs) And so (laughs) that's not how it works. And so I, I never want my kids to think that this, their, their life, their world is all under their control. And, you know, and Cheryl, you know, I'm, I'm a woman of faith. So to me, that means God has a a big part to play and not everybody necessarily subscribes to that, but either way, the principle remains the same, which is that we are not to be perfect because we live in an imperfect world. And as soon as we think that our goal is to be perfect, we are chasing something that's impossible. And I would rather my kids enjoy this life than think all of their successes and their failures are up to them and on their shoulders. Yeah. I didn't always do it right. And I want them to have the freedom to not feel that tremendous pressure. I
0: love that you're saying that because I do think as a recovering perfectionist myself and a recovering control freak. Um and being a woman of faith also I was playing God a lot. Like I, yes. you know, and and feeling like maybe I'm well not maybe, I'm sure moms will relate to this. Like, because this is going this way with my kid, then I'm failing. And so, I, yeah, I have to do X, Y, and Z in order. You know, it's just this I can feel the energy as I say it in my body. I've got to get them to this place, or I've got to, you know, it's up to me.
1: Right. Right.
0: It's like they are a gift,
1: yes. they're a gift from God.
0: I can relax, I can guide them and direct them, but ultimately it's not all up to me.
1: No, God determines who they become, Yeah, I guess. And we actually have less to do with it than we think we do. We We have power over our own choices, but we don't have power over the outcome of our children because they are also independent people that God has created to live their life. And so our job is to nurture who that person is. Who did he create them to be? And you know, and and what what are their what are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? We can help guide them through both, but in the end, they're meant to be a unique individual. They're not meant to be a reflection of their mother. They're, they're, they're meant to be a unique individual. And if I am constantly sending my kids the message that they're they have to be perfect, then it suggests that my love for them is dependent on their performance, which is never true. I love them regardless. I love them whether they mess up big or small. I all My love for them never changes with their performance, their failures, their successes, never. And so I, I don't ever want them to think that mom loves you better when you get straight A's. That's ridiculous. And if that's the message I'm sending, that's when my perfectionism has completely ruined my intentional parenting.
0: Yeah, so good. We have to, it's checks and balances. We have to check ourselves when we're doing yes. this, sending that message. And that's such a, you know, you can strive your whole life and never feel good enough. Yes. feel like you're falling short because there's
1: not, you can't, you're never going to be perfect. No, it's unattainable. So, yeah. And it's unattainable. Empty. It is. And, and like we said earlier, we learn so much from our mistakes. Our mistakes shape who we are just as much as our successes and the same will happen for our children. And I want my kids to be shaped through challenges. I don't enjoy the process of them going through a challenge, but I think as a mom, I'm often, my first reaction is I have to figure out how to fix this for my kids. I have to make everything okay for them. I have to figure out how to remove them from this challenge. When actually, the challenge itself is probably what's going to shape them and strengthen their character. Mm -hmm. So, part of it for us as moms, especially as we get into the teen years and learning, is to learn how to let go and let them experience some negativity, some mistakes, some challenges. Big time. Yeah. Under our guidance.
0: (laughs) I don't don't know about you, but that's how I've almost learned everything (laughs) is through my (laughs) pain.
1: Don't look forward to that, right? It's not something we relish. We don't want to see our kids in pain. But when I look back on my own life, what were some of the greatest growth opportunities for me? It was when things were not going right. And so I don't want to remove the opportunity for my kids to grow through their own experiences when things aren't going 100% well. The difference is, though, what is my role then? It's to guide them through, that, through it, to remind them they're loved, that their identity is not determined by whether or not the scenario is going well. Yeah, it's it's to be their cheerleader as they're going through to be the shoulder that they need, if they're willing to come to me to build a relationship where they are willing to come to me because they're going to have challenges. They're going to have mistakes. They're just as we all are. And the natural thing is to, for mama bear to come climbing out and say, I'm going to take my kids away from this pain. But sometimes that's exactly what they need to grow. I hate that.
0: I know I do too. And a lot of it I think is our own pain. We don't want them to experience the pain that maybe we experience We're always yeah. trying to help them not to have that, but there's no way to get through life without experiencing yeah. disappointments, experiencing pain, even going through a breakup with somebody, oh, you know, know, those are so hard, or I'm hearing from a lot of moms right now that their kids are getting, you know, there's a lot of friendship issues going on. That's a heartbreaker.
1: Yes. That one is, yeah, Yeah. I know. Again, Mm -hmm. I just want, really, what do I want to do? I just want to slap all those mean girls and, you know, (laughs) bring my (laughs) daughter home and give her a bowl of ice cream. (laughs) I I can't because, you know, those mean girls are somebody's daughter too. And, and we're all trying to figure out how to parent our kids, how to teach our kids, how to be kind, how to receive unkindness. And these are all life lessons that we've got to walk through. But if we have a good relationship with our kids, we can at least walk with them through it and encourage them along the way. Even if we can't fix it, we can encourage and just be there so that they know they are loved and they have a safe place. That's what I endeavor to provide for my kids. My home is not going to be perfect, but it's going to be a safe place. Safe. Yeah. A safe place. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: They can't perfectionism in a safe place that they don't exist together.
1: No, no. We don't want our kids to be walking on those eggshells right? They need to be in a space where they are free to make mistakes in the house, in the house, outside of the house. When my kids make mistakes, I never want them to think that their place in this family is somehow affected by it or that my attitude toward them is affected by it. I always love them. If not, if they're going to make mistakes, why not make them here in the house where Mm -hmm. we can talk it through together? I don't ever want them to feel like their mistakes mean that suddenly they're not as welcome here or they're not as loved or they have somehow disappointed us. Yeah. They're they're learning to live life just like I am. I still am, you know, in my 40s and beyond.
0: Yeah, we're we're learning right alongside of them. We are. You know? That's the yeah. that's the secret they don't know. A lot more years. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, am I expecting my kid to do something that I can't do? Like they're yelling and hmm, here I'm yelling, but I'm telling them not to yell. You know?
1: <laughs> it's that do what I say, don't do what I do. Yeah, exactly. Which brings us right back around to that cranky mom fix. Cause that's part of the point is that you've got to learn how to curb your own behavior. So the example our kids are seeing is one that they can emulate, yet again, understanding it's never the goal of perfection. We're going to mess up and we can ask for forgiveness. And that teaches them just as much, I think even more than if they had seen me do things right every time.
0: Absolutely. So what do you do? There's a mom listening, I know, and she's like, oh, I'm failing. I'm not doing this well. I'm messing up. You talk about forgiveness, grace, and repair, which repair is really important. Mm -hmm. Um, that can heal Mm -hmm. what has been damaged or the wounds that have been created by some of the things that we've done. Can you share with our listeners, what what are some of those things that you have found
1: helpful when it comes to repair? Repair meaning either if you have just had an incident, a mom fail, or maybe it's a legacy that you've built and you recognize it and you want to start shifting the tone of your relationship. The first step is always just to humble yourself as a mom and realize that it is not your job to demonstrate mm-hmm. perfection to your kids, to humble yourself and let them know that you just need to release the anger and and come before your kids vulnerable. And that's yep. okay we are not meant to be the perfect statue person we are it's okay to be vulnerable with our own kids let them see the real you and then acknowledge the mistake and talk with the kids about it you know in, in my case i'll tell them i really messed up i i did not i should not have talked to you that way i responded very poorly and um i was i was not respectful to you in the way i treated you will you please forgive me and when you ask them for forgiveness you invite them in to the scenario as an, as and not an, i don't mean to say an equal partner as you're still the parent but you give them ownership in the situation and you give them an opportunity to express forgiveness to you the same way they want to be forgiven when they mess up so it becomes a reciprocal relationship and the kids can learn so much from that forgiveness and it shows them that we're dependent on forgiveness as much as they are mm-hmm. and then however though sometimes we do need to hold our kids responsible for their part in the mess up mm-hmm. often you know our mom fails our A poor response to a trigger that was somehow related to some behavior decision that the kids made. So hold them responsible for it, but not in a way that is blowing up at them. Right. And so I'll say this is what I did wrong. I should, I overreacted. This is what I saw happen. And it's the be in, in I always love you that choice. I didn't like, I always love you, but that choice was difficult for me and I overreacted to it. But can we talk now about how we can mitigate the risk of that kind of choice again in the future? So let's, you know, hold the kids accountable at an age appropriate language discussion, right? But I'll tell my kids, I didn't react well, but we still need to address the decision that you made and how do you feel about it? And do you recognize how that maybe wasn't really so smart, but you want to go about it in a way that's really calm. And Intentional and help the kids realize you're more interested in guiding them than condemning them.
0: Yeah, we're not talking about guiding versus condemning. Yeah, you know the way that you just said that wasn't like you did this and you did that that puts them on the defensive and creates that disconnection and the power struggles and the defensiveness. But you were like, "Let's, I messed up." I don't like how I overreacted, and let's talk about and yes. what what would you have maybe done differently in this situation? You yes. know, asking questions rather than coming from this judgmental place. That's where, and that's where the humility comes in. It does. It does. that's why it's so interconnected. It's like because we are mm-hmm. going to mess up. So why do we not think? I remember a long time ago going to some. He had written a parenting book at church, and I went and, and I remember sitting there, and he said, "Your kids are going to mess up, and that does not mean they're bad kids." Right. This is they're like not- twenty years ago, and I was dumbfounded by that. I mean, it really because I I I had some thought that this was not going to happen. I don't know right. <laughs> Funny, <that> right? <laughs> because I was being such a good mom. That why was my kid acting like this? because I was such a good mom? You know, it was this I pride know. versus the humility of, you know what? I'm messing up too. And yeah. so of course they're gonna mess up. And so come alongside of them
1: mm-hmm. and I messed up and you're gonna mess up, but what can we learn? What can we learn from it? Yes, yes, exactly. What can we learn? And then I like to brainstorm solutions together. You know let's talk about now how how can we work this out so that next time we can avoid this kind of blow up? What you know what can mom do to 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 handle a situation like that better? What can you do to prevent, you know, any part of the trigger and then always always end by let's remind our kids they're loved. Just like you said, Cheryl, that, that decision was poor, but you are not a bad kid, right? I, the decision was bad, the choice was bad, you are not a bad kid. And all just always remind them that they're loved and your love for them is never dependent on their performance or their choices or their mistakes or their successes that just remind them they have unconditional love in your household. And sometimes it's going to come out in heated arguments because you feel like you you have such passion over the fact that you want them to turn out well, but then acknowledge that they have a big part in doing that. And so together, how can you help equip them to turn out well without making them think that they have to do everything perfectly? So just have those open conversations. It's all about guiding and equipping in those teen and tween years Guiding and equipping more than dictating how they should behave. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah. We become like a coach or mentor versus
0: give all that advice. We fixing, like you said, and giving
1: advice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what does a mentor do? A mentor shares from their own experience. Yeah. and You know, in our case, I have so much experience of times that I've messed up, times that I've succeeded, but what have I learned from that? And how can I impart that down to my kids to show them that it's not, Again, it's not about perfection. It's not about your performance. Let's talk together about what sort of guiding principles do we need to build into our relationship here to ensure that you feel heard and that you are given the tools you need to succeed and that I am also aware that you are going to have struggles and I want to encourage you through them, not condemn you for them.
0: That is so good. I was just struck as you're saying that we have to realize how loved we are.
1: Oh, isn't that and, true? You know,
0: and but to rather that we don't have to earn it, that we are loved, yes. that there is a God that loves us. And, yes. and if we don't believe that, it's hard It's hard to give that it to our it yeah.
1: is and if we believe it we can be filled with all that love that just pours out i like to i call it being god soaked if i feel like i'm remembering how much i am loved then when somebody squeezes me what comes out it's not going to be anger it's going to be that love that is soaked in me that's what i want to come out so yeah. what 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 is in us is what's going to come out when we get squeezed so yeah. <laughs> that's so good, <laughs> <laughs> and a little scary. <laughs> yeah, 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 What are yeah. we allowing in is the question. Yeah. But yeah. but yeah, you're so yeah. right, Cheryl. We are we are so loved, and you know, and I like to say God is the perfect Father, and He does not. He's not waiting to you spank me for something I've done wrong. He yeah. wants to guide. He wants to guide yeah. and protect, and that's what I want to do for my kids.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's ongoing. Yes, we don't we don't arrive. I wish we did.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What you have not arrived yet?
0: Yeah, world, we do not arrive, and I think that's good to remind ourselves of too. We're works in progress. All
1: works in progress, as are our children. But isn't that a blessing? We get to live this life being imperfect. We get to figure it out as we go, and that can be an adventure and a joy, not just drudgery. So if we look at it that way, you know, every day is going to bring something new, and we can be afraid of that. Or we can embrace it as opportunities. I'm not saying I make the right choice every day, but uh, I'm <laughs> preaching to myself right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, such good stuff. Well, what do you have? as, we're and you know we're coming to a close. What are some final? Is there anything that you would like to impart to the listeners? Uh, encourage them if they're feeling discouraged right now. Any um, final words?
1: I know there's so many moms out there who are discouraged and I, I, I feel that in my heart. So I just want to tell any mom who's feeling really just run down today. Like you can't keep doing this another day that you, you don't have to do it alone. There are people in your community there, you know, there is a God who loves you and there are people in your community. Cheryl is here. You do not have to do this alone. You can reach out to other people and be real and be vulnerable, about what you're dealing with, because quite honestly, I think more people will probably relate to whatever your scenario is than you can imagine. And the problem is we're often not willing to speak about it because we feel shame. There's no. no shame. There's no shame in parenting. We are all imperfect people trying to figure out how to do this the best that we can. And the more we talk with one another about it and we we lean on each other, I think the more normal some of the struggles will become, which is discouraging in one, on the one point, because so many of us do struggle, but on the other hand, when you see there's a community of people are walking through what you're walking through, then it becomes possible to overcome because you're not alone. You're not in a dark place by yourself and whatever your kids are struggling with, there are, there are solutions. People can help you help them. So please don't feel defeated. There is always hope. Yeah, that's,
0: ah, Do you hear that moms? That's so encouraging. I heard it compared in the boundaries book by John Townsend and Henry cloud. Have you ever read that book? I have it on my shelf. <laughs> yeah, I do. They compare it to a backpack. And I love that analogy. Like we're, we've got all got rocks in our backpack, but when things are heavy, we are not meant to carry that backpack alone. And when you're, you have other people, like we have a community here at moms, the tweens and teens of moms, it's amazing when they come together. I'm sure you saw it when you were writing your book and you were doing your online course yes. that when moms come alongside of each other and they hear each other's struggles, there's just, it's like jumping those rocks out of that backpack. There's other yeah. people you're realizing you're not the only one that's carrying them. And then it lightens your load. It does. So, it does.
1: And it just yeah. makes the journey feel more feasible.
0: Yes. And for moms to hold on to that, because shame can cause us to hide. And that's such a painful place to be. So yes,
1: I wouldn't be a writer today if I hadn't chosen to walk out and be honest, and not feel a sense of shame to break free of that. Because a lot of what I write about is based on honesty about how I've I've messed up. And finding in doing so and talking with other women, that it was more common than I realized. Oh, so yeah. honest with each other, honesty in itself is a beautiful community. So don't be afraid to be honest with one another and to walk through this mom life together. It's really, it's a gift when we can do it together. It becomes a joy and a journey.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, Becky, tell our listeners where to find you. Oh, and you can Joel, find me. I'm going to share it all.
1: So okay. I love it. You can find me at at BeckyKopitsky.com. And Cheryl, I really hope you have show notes because nobody knows how to spell my last name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do have show notes. I also get it into a blog post. Oh, fantastic. Uh, but spell it anyway.
1: Yes, Becky. Paper out my. <laughs> so it's Becky with a Y, B E C K Y, and Kopitsky is K O P I T zke.com com. That's where you can find my, um, my blog posts and some other resources and information about my books for moms in particular. And I just love to connect with other women, other moms, heart to heart, because we've got to do this thing together. We, I will say we moms need to stick together.
0: We sure do. And cranky mom sex, That's yes. where they can also, that'll come up too. Yes, sure yes. Nobody's going to forget the name of that. No, if so, you just,
1: you do a Google search on Cranky Mom Fix, you'll see all the things. Yes. So the yeah. book is available at bookstores and um, Amazon and, and Barnes and Noble and that kind of thing too. But you will find more information about it online if you're, if you're interested.
0: Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Cheryl. It's, it's been, been so great connecting with you.
1: You so. too, Cheryl. You have a great rest of your day.
0: Well, that's it for today. And thank you, friend, for joining me. And if you have not signed up yet for the three day free online training starting next Tuesday, March 1st, go on over to moms of Tweens and teens.com, Scroll down the page, you will see the three day training series How to Understand and Help Your Teen with challenging emotions, attitudes, and behaviors. And when you sign up, you're gonna get lots of great stuff. You're gonna get resources, you're gonna get a effective coping skills, worksheet to be able to help your kids, Talk to them about what they're going through, what they're feeling. You are going to also get the replays if you can't come live. So sign up. I would love to see you there. I love to connect with you. We are going to have such an encouraging and meaningful time together. So I will hopefully I will see you next week at the workshop. And I will also see you back here next time. Have a great week.